Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. All right, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions From the Forefront podcast, podcast about missions, missionaries, and ministry in general. We're, we're excited to be here today on location, that's right, with uh, our good friends Luis y Carla Hurtado, 80%. A hundred percent. They've been teaching me their last name a couple of times here. So uh, thank you guys for for being here. Thanks for coming to the event here, by the way. It's been great to be with you and get to meet you and get to know you a little bit. So as we've talked, you guys are are from Mexico. You're, uh, you are from DF or Mexico City. You're from Irapuato, right. Guanajuato, the, Guanajuato mm-hmm. the strawberry capital of the world, as I remember. It's good to be with you guys. I'm thankful. So is DF or Irapuato better? Irapuato. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to tell. <laughs> now okay. we're citizens of the world. <laughs> yes, yes. You've been around a little bit, obviously. Right. And and thank you for uh, honoring me to speak English. That's our only option right now. <laughs> I, I, my, my Spanish is getting better, but it's not conversational by, by any means. So. So you guys, uh, you've, you're working, you're a missionary uh, couple and with your family, your, your children, to a tribe that is in the state, if I'm remembering right, in the state of San Luis Potosí? That's okay. correct. All right. Yeah, so for those of us who are geographically challenged, kind of help us find, where is San Luis Potosí in relation to all of Mexico? Good. San Luis Potosí state is a, is a state in the center of the country. Okay. It spreads from the center to the east. Okay. But uh, it wouldn't touch the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. So uh, basically is the geographic center of the country. Okay. We we are close to Tamaulipas. Tamaulipas state, which borders the the Texas on the top, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's okay. right. That's yeah. Right. So if you go one state below Tamaulipas and a little bit to the west, mm-hmm. you're in the state of San Luis Potosi. Exactly. Okay. For those Texans of you listening, you'll know where I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> so between you and the Gulf of Mexico. On the east side is is uh, Veracruz, or what's the state there? Yes, Veracruz. Uh-huh. And, well, there's a point where you can you can uh, the San Luis Potosí state state touches Veracruz. Okay, yeah. but but the east part of the state touches Hidalgo state. Hidalgo, Hidalgo. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I'm, some of those states I don't know well, so. But I heard some good things about food from Hidalgo. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'll get there soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have been there now. Tell us the name. You've been there now for some time, 10 years or something in that time frame. Tell us the name of the tribe that you're working with. The name of the tribe is Shi'ui people. Shi'ui. Shi'ui. Okay. Um, 
You can find them as PAME people too. PAME. 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 P-A-M-E. Oh, PAME. PAME. Okay. So Shiryui or PAME, that's the same people group. Exactly. Yeah. 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 PAME is a uh, Spanish uh, word. It's uh-huh. a made-up word. It's, it's not very respectful. So it's derogatory a little bit, it's that little word. Derogatory. So you don't call the Shiyui Pame to them. Yeah, they, don't, they don't really like that. They, exactly. No. Yeah. Right. They use it because it's very common. Okay. But they, they call themselves Shiyui. She, is there a T in there? It's, a, it's like, a, <laughs> it's one of the funny things of that language. Okay. It's, it's a closure in your, in your throat. <laughs> so it's like, like if you choke yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> Shiyui. Wow. That is fascinating. And yeah, the chances of me saying that right, not too good. But, but it's, it's fascinating just the different people groups and how that type of thing is such an expression of their, how unique they are. Wonderful. One, now, this tribe predates, obviously predates any Spanish involvement in this part of the world. They go back a while. That's right. Uh, they have a spoken language. I think you were telling me something about their language how they have one word that describes a sentence, or you were saying it's almost symbolic language, like Chinese, where one symbol means a whole sentence. Do I remember that right? Yeah. So, well, uh, almost. No, almost. <laughs> so, so they they don't have an original written language. Okay, it's not written. It's not no. written. They they got their um, alphabet uh-huh. recently. Okay. Uh, we're talking about. 15 to 20 years. Okay, yeah. So it's not widely used. and uh, But but the, the words they use, uh, as you said, uh-huh. they, they describe a, a short sentence. Right. So they, they, uh, the parts of the word, uh, of the Pame or Shiyui word, uh, has to do with numbers, property, and the root, which, ref- which refers to the thing you're speaking talking about. Yeah, yeah you're, you're talking about. So, so for instance... Uh, House, uh-huh. uh, I mean, in, in English or Spanish, you say yeah. house, casa, uh-huh. and you can learn that that uh, noun. Right. Yeah, but well, in Shiyui, casa, the, when you want to say casa, depends on how many, whose house you're talking about. So uh, it would be, for instance, my house would be uh, use. The but word use? Use. That would use. be my house. But then, about my house. Yeah. But then... Your house would be ntus. Completely different word. Yeah, well, there, yeah. there's a very there's a, root. a slight root there. Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's right. Okay. So it's wow. a very interesting language. Wow. They, they have very weird sounds. They have, like, they have a singular, dual, and plural. The three. The three. Not just two. Not just, not, not just singular or plural, but dual. Wow. So you say dog, ndru. And two dogs would be indruji, okay. and three or more dogs would be indrudet. That sounds <laughs> Russian. <laughs> Were the Russians here long ago? <laughs> I don't know. That, the sound of it is is kind of like that. Uh, how does the the language compare to Spanish? Probably totally different. And also, how does the people compare? to people who are like normalized, and you can answer in Spanish if you like, who people who are kind of normalized in the existing Mexican culture. 
So the language has nothing to do with Spanish. No, nothing. They don't touch. The, well, they touch because as as Spanish with English. So, yeah. okay. so we have okay. computadora, uh, right. which comes from computer. Right. So they have commune, which comes from ca camion in Spanish, which means truck. Okay. But that's for vehicles. The right. same with right. escuel, okay. which means school. Yeah. It comes from escuela in Spanish. Okay. So th those kind of right. things. Right. Yeah, well, things that didn't exist in their culture prior to the to the time modern times, they had to have a word for it, so they borrowed it and made it their own. Exactly. Does that sound right? It yeah. Sounds right. Okay. Right. And, and some expressions, for example, por ejemplo. <laughs> so they yeah. they they would they would adopt that that adopt that phrase, some, some yeah. phrasal, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, some some phrases in Spanish to express things that, as you said, weren't original in the language. Right. Right. And and. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, group of people because they were, in their origins, they were semi-nomad. Okay, so semi-nomadic. Uh -huh, they semi -nomadic. stay somewhere for part of the year. Exactly. And be on the move for part of the year. Exactly. Okay. And they used to live more to the center of the country. Okay. Like in, in the state of Querétaro, in the east, western part of the San Luis Potosí uh -huh. state. And some in Querétaro. Exactly, uh -huh. some in Querétaro. But when the Spaniards came, they had a very cruent war. Uh, like very, very, very violent, violent cruel, war. cruel war. And they, they were pushed to the mountains. Uh -huh. So basically, they lost a lot of their traditions and their um, identity. Oh, my. Yes. So, wow. so that, that is very interesting because, well, we as missionaries, we have worked or visited other tribes here in Mexico. Uh -huh. and, and they can tell you, for instance, the story of the, of the creation. Yeah. Their, their, you know, their, their, their creation story. Exactly. But, but the Shiyui... <laughs> Just done. They don't. They don't have that. They don't have that. It was lost. Y si tú les preguntas a ellos acerca de sus familias, de su historia, ellos no pueden decirte mucho porque no conocen, no tienen algo que les haga recordar. No pasaron de sus abuelos a ellos historias porque no tienen ese ese antecedente. If you ask them about their families, their ancestors. They, they just don't know because uh, the story wouldn't pass on uh. from generation to generation. So they don't have that, that uh, contact with their... With, with their history with even. Their history. Yeah. yeah, wow. And without a written language, it's 100% oral. And if there's an interruption in the oral process from war or famine or whatever, it just stops. Exactly. The story stops. Exactly. Or it doesn't go back any further than what you can see. Exactly. Wow. So, so most of their culture are pieces and bits of uh, like Spanish culture, Catholic culture, uh -huh. some of their traditions, especially witchcraft, uh -huh. you know, and, yeah. and, and traditional medicine. Yeah. Uh, it's some of the things they, they preserve as a culture, uh -huh. but, but mostly mixed with other traditions. Other things. Especially Catholic traditions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Wow. So how many Shiyui are there, and do they all exist in, in that same region now? Mm -hmm. How many people are speaking the language? Bueno, en nuestra comunidad, donde estamos viviendo, que se llama El Huizachal, viven alrededor de 600 personas. 
pero hay otras comunidades. Yeah, nationwide we would. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna translate for you. Yes. Uh, in the in the village we live at, uh, that it's called El Guisachal, live about 600 people. Uh -huh. But there are other villages around, and uh, uh, we we have calculated. Well, because depends on how you count. Yeah. yeah. So some would count the speakers. Of right. the language, yeah, and some others would count the other features like culture and uh, the physical features. Right, right. So we we calculate that uh, countrywide there are about fifteen thousand Shiyui. Okay, so it's one of the smallest uh, tribal or indigenous, right. uh, indigenous Mexican, tribes. Yeah, exactly here wow. in Mexico. Yeah, and they they used to live. Well, I have to mention this. There used to be three Shiyui groups. The northern, yeah. that's the, the ones we work with, uh -huh. the central, uh -huh. and the southern. Okay. The southern were annihilated. They, they, they're annihilated. Annihilated. Totally destroyed. The, totally. Yeah. There, there are no more southern Shiyui. Right. So we have central Shiyui that li, uh, who live in Querétaro State, mostly, uh, a little southern from where we are at, and then the northern Shiyui. Right. Yeah. Wow. So. And and uh, so the the area where the the Shiyui, the northern Shiyui live is basically uh, San Luis Potosí state, and and they they are spread out in seven municipalities. Okay, seven yeah. counties is seven what we counties. would call it. Yeah, exactly. seven municipalities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. wow, it's a small people group. That's right. Yeah, and how are they surviving? I mean. That the existential question, right? I mean, how how are they, how are they continuing on? I'm sure there's pressure from every side, culturally speaking, to try to normalize them. That's a guess. I don't work in the kind of cultural depth that you guys do, but uh, what's happening there in terms of their existence? They're continuing on. Yeah. Well, principalmente ellos se dedican a la siembra. Ellos uh, siembran frijol, maíz mm -hmm. y algunos alimentos de temporada, como chayote y otros otros yeah. pocos alimentos que puedan sembrar. Pero la mayoría de los hombres salen a trabajar por temporadas largas, de tres meses o hasta más tiempo, para trabajar en Tamaulipas principalmente, <coughs> uh, en la leña, en el carbón. Yeah. They mainly do agricultural work. They have fields, uh, cornfields, and they, they sow uh, beans and other plants for the season, uh -huh. you know, like chayote yeah. and other plants that grow, uh, that have a, a yearly crop. Uh -huh. and, uh, but mostly men have to... To leave for so, yeah. for a long period of, period of time. Most uh, of the year, maybe. Exactly. So they, they, they are home for two weeks and then they leave for three months. Oh, my. So they usually leave to Tamaulipas State. They, uh -huh. they work in other fields, uh -huh. you know, like uh, uh, big businesses fields, uh -huh. right. uh, sugarcane fields, uh -huh. uh, um, tomato fields, uh -huh. chile Any, fields, anything. anything. Like that. Agricultural. They, exactly. They, they work in producing charcoal uh -huh. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, lumber and that kind of stuff. So there is, yes, there is an economic pressure on them. I think culturally the, the pressure is the, um, 
they are pushed away. They are um, excluded, marginalized, maybe? Marginalized. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you call that? Uh, los, uh, discriminated. Ah, uh, they are. They're that, discriminated against. Exactly. Yes, like they go to the doctor and the doctor. I mean, the public service doctor, and they wouldn't. The, the doctor wouldn't treat them well because they would yeah. look down on them. Yeah, they. Sure. Wow, sort of a racial profiling exactly. type thing. Yeah. That's right. So that leads into your work too, because I know you're a doctor. That's right. And uh, and and you you're actively involved in medical treatment to the mm -hmm. tribe. I'm tempted to go further back in your story and find out how you met. <laughs> but let, we can talk about that some, but let's go back a little bit and talk about, you know, there, there was a time when you didn't know about the Shi Yui. You know, there That's was right. a time when you didn't, you didn't realize their need. And I want to talk a little bit about the process, how you guys, you know, got started with the idea that the Lord was, you know, dealing with you, maybe, maybe how you answer the call and those kind of things. I know a little bit about that, but I, I, I probably don't know enough to make sense of it. So tell us a little bit about how uh, first got introduced to the Sheet Yui and, and how the process was for you to feel like God was calling you there. And then we can talk about what you're doing day to day in, in, in that place with those people. Yeah. So, so Carla is from Irapuato City and she... Yeah. <laughs> and she she was called to missions. She 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 felt this call from God to to serve him in, in missions. And I was from Mexico City and and well I am from Mexico City. I was living there, working there, and God as well led me to to become a missionary. So we went to Bible college in San Luis Potosi City. Okay. So one of our teachers mm -hmm. had a friend who had a son-in-law <laughs> who, wow. who, who happens to be the, the linguist who developed the alphabet okay. and some Bible translation. Okay. So because of them, this teacher would take the students to work, to, to practice. You know, we, we would, I mean, we, we, our, our uh, degree in theology has a like a subtitle, you know, like missions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we would do some a anthropology and linguistic training. So we were taking there, right there in El Guisachal to do some practices. Okay. So that's how we were introduced into the culture, into the village. We met Pastor Calixto. Okay. He was recently addressed as, as a pastor. Mm -hmm. And his son-in-law was about, uh, Francisco, was about to, to become a pastor. But basically... What happened is that some missionaries worked on and off before us, not really living there, but just um, uh, well visiting there or yeah, well it's for a short time. It's a very long story, but okay. but but, okay. but 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 what happened is that they addressed them as pastors and then they they moved out. Ah, uh, they so, basically handed them pastorship and walked moved on, exactly. walked away, yeah, left yeah. them there with that. that yeah. yeah, yeah, they 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 still care. For them, but uh -huh. but but I mean, in in the site they were alone. They, uh, so so when we start coming one day, just like in a in a movie, you know, we our teacher was there, Pastor Calixto was there, I was there, fire, 
uh, you know, it was burning, you know, the stars <laughs> and the sky. You're in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. So our teacher asked Pastor Calixto, so brother, what, if we could send someone. Yeah. Like if, if we could send anyone, what would you like to have here? Like yeah. what, what kind of person would you like to have here? And, and I have to, to say that uh, before that, I mean, in between, these missionaries came to them, and at that point, for several years, they wouldn't accept any missionary. They, they would have troubles with right. many people. Yeah. So this was a very interesting point of their, his, their history because there was Calixto with a very kind of uncomfortable question. Yeah, yeah. But he, he came up with, well, you know what? We, we need a doctor. Mm. I mean, I would bring a doctor if, if you ask yes, me. Any kind, any kind of person, I would bring a doctor. Exactly. Did you feel like an arrow had pierced your heart right at that moment? Yeah. But, <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. It gets more it intense. Yeah, yeah, Keep yeah. going. That Keep was going. the first arrow. Oh, boom. And, and so, so he said, we need a doctor. And then he, he pondered a little bit longer. And then he said, and you know what? We really need someone who comes and teaches about the Bible, okay. because I'm supposed to be a pastor, but I don't really know how to be a pastor for these people. So I was being trained. My wife-to-be was being trained in, in, in Bible college. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, I mean, if I was waiting for the revelation, oh. a dream, yeah. or, you know, or, or, or an angel, like yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I think this is it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so you, you felt located, right? Exactly. You were in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden the light went right down on you. Ah! Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I came back to San Luis Potosí City. We were engaged. We were praying about the place that God would uh, take us to be, a mis to be missionaries. Uh -huh. And I told her, you know what? Uh, you know that we've been visiting these people over the years in Bible school. So uh, why don't we pray about this? And y una de las cosas que siempre habíamos orado era poner nuestra vida en las manos de Dios y, one, y servirle a Él en donde Él nos quisiera poner. One of the things that we have pray, always prayed ever since we became missionaries is that we would put our lives in God's hands and allow Him to install us anywhere mm. He wanted. Así es que este era un perfecto lugar para poder ir y servir al Señor. Mm. So the, this was the perfect place to go and serve the Lord. Wow. Wow. You guys both grew up in Mexico, but in, it seems like you grew up maybe in the city. Of course, you grew up. Wow. DF is a city you can never get out of, right? Once you're in the middle, you can never get out. It's just forever in each direction, right? Irapuato, also a very developed place. You know, it's a nice city, very nice weather, you know, just a great, you know. place to live. Exacto, <laughs> where you're from, exactly. This is a rural area where you are at now. How big of a change was that? I know I'm saying it like it was a big deal, but I'm sure it was a much bigger deal than I'm saying. You know, it was very significant change for you. How was that and how did you adjust? Fue completamente diferente, aunque uno tomó la decisión de ir a este lugar. Estar ahí era vivir la realidad. It's, it's a completely different place. And despite we 
made the decision to to move there, it was very different from the theory. Yeah, from what you expected, maybe. Yeah. Otra cultura, otro idioma. A different culture, a different language. Otro lugar donde vivir. Another, a different yeah. place to live. Y cuando nosotros llegamos ahí, yo estaba embarazada de mi hijo. En serio. When we first moved in, uh, I was pregnant. When we moved in, I mean, we, uh, I was pregnant. Así que decidimos que nuestro hijo naciera en ese lugar. And we decided to take our, I mean, to, to our, for our son to be born there. Oh. Así que 20 días después de que llegamos ahí, mi hijo nació. So our, our firstborn was born 20 days after we moved in to El Huizachal. Así que además de todo lo que ya dije, nueva cultura, nueva gente, nuevo idioma, era un nuevo miembro de la familia. <laughs> so besides all the new things I, I mentioned before, it was a new member of the family. <laughs> Así que si realmente nos tomó bastante tiempo, un año, dos años, en que todo esto eh, entrara en nuestro corazón, en nuestra mente y, y e hiciera los cambios necesarios, que Dios hiciera los cambios necesarios para acoplarnos a ese lugar. So it took a while for us, maybe one or two years, to change our mind and our heart to adapt to this place and to the changes God, God dealt with us mm -hmm. with, with that. Yo recuerdo cuando yo le dije al Señor que quería servirlo. I remember when I told the Lord that I wanted to serve him. Una de mis condiciones fue one of my <laughs> conditions, one of my clauses. No me mandes a un pueblito. Was please don't ever send me to a little village. <laughs> y ahí estaba yo. And I was there. <laughs> pero oh, pero después de casi 10 años no puedo imaginarme en otro lugar sirviéndole. But after 10 years being there, I just can't picture myself being somewhere else mm. serving him. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah, as you said it's a rural area, so and and well, she said a lot of things. I mean, it's a, uh, one of the things we ha we had to adapt to was the culture. Yeah, it's a very different culture. The I mean, we we come from two cities in the center of the country. Yeah. The culture is alike. You know, yeah, similar, similar. Yeah, right, right, so right. so maybe in in Mexico City we are more straightforward yeah. and we're more independent—not uh, independent, but uh, individualistic. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. then in Irapuato is a small city, mm. uh, more uh, people is closer. You know, yeah. from each other. But but anyways, uh, uh, we moved to this area where people is very shy. People uh, uses an indirect communication. Okay. Yeah. So, so they they would to call the doctor. Uh huh. And you, me. <laughs> they right. they would they would stand outside and shout, Carla. They would call her. Yes. yes. To call you. Exactly. Go out. Talk to them. Yes. Say hello. How are you? And after that, uh, is the doctor there? Because we have an emergency. <laughs> yes, sort of. All of that. And, and so somebody's dying. Exactly. Right? exactly. And sometimes it is, they call my son or my daughter. It, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Wow. They use indirect communication. Super indirect. Wow. And, and that's for everything. So we would, we would bother someone, for instance. Uh, we would, I don't know, we, I, the culture is very different. You, yeah. It's, it's un, unavoidable to, 
to inevitable or in, in, yeah impossible or, impossible yeah, yeah. You, you can avoid you can't you, avoid unavoidable unavoidable yeah yeah to hurt someone's feeling right just because you don't know exactly what you don't know the thing is that you are the one the last one to know <laughs> they tell everybody else and and i i think that deep inside their hearts hoping for you to know right at, at some point but they felt maybe embarrassed to say it to you yes. directly exactly. right. and that's the way the entire culture works exactly yeah yeah wow. so it was it was a shock like uh because something happens when you are a foreigner yeah and 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 you live somewhere for more than six months uh-huh there's something called cultural shock right i don't know if you heard of yeah it. i've heard of it yeah. yes i don't know if you have experienced that no, not well a little but most of my traveling happens quickly so it i don't enter that phase in earnest ever you know yeah. sometimes i stay gone a long time come back to the u.s i experience a little culture shock returning but <laughs> not yeah. out there normally yeah yeah now well it's 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 real It's real, and it's one of the heaviest experience I think a, a person can can have in 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 his or her life. So so what happens is that you are alone in the middle of these people. I mean, I'm among these people. Yeah. And and sometimes you feel like all they do, they do it on purpose to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. Has organized to 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 just irritate you at maximum levels. Exactly. Yes. So so that that was one of the hardest part of adjusting to that to the place, the cultural shock, the the things like um, they don't say thank you, for instance. Never. Never. So they would come to me as a doctor, and I would put my heart into their, yeah. you know, their, their attention to see the patient, to give them medicine for free. And I would, I, I sacrificed everything. Right. I left my, my city. I right. left my family. Yes. I'm there, you know, and they would just walk out. They would say, <laughs> we're finished walking out. Actually they have, they don't have a word for goodbye. They just say, I'm leaving. Yalagua. <laughs> There's leaving. not even a departure greeting. Nope. I'm gone. I'm gone. Yeah. Yalawa. <laughs> And I would, I would, so, so a lot of thoughts come to your mind. As I told you, uh, uh, in, in, in a cultural shock state, you, you, you think everybody is against you. Yeah. So, so I would say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the white guy. I'm the Mexican. <laughs> Now, I, uh, since the Spaniards and the Mexicans, yeah. uh, Uh, subdued them yeah, yeah. so many years now I'm their servant and they wouldn't even tell, say thank you, you know? <laughs> so I would make up all those things yeah, in my yeah, mind right. until after a couple of years of, of this is a curve yeah. that goes down in your, in your spirit, your, your yeah. mind, your heart, yeah. and then you have to adapt. Right. And, and everybody goes through that. Yeah. Everybody who yeah. moves To, to somewhere, to some, some other, different some different culture yeah. goes to that. So, so when we started to adapt and we started to observe the culture, we realized that they don't say thank you to each other. They say, I'm gone. Gone. <laughs> yeah. Do you have some, some beans? Yes. Okay. 
and they take them and they walk, they're gone. Walk. Yeah. Wow. And that's it. So, so it wasn't just you. No. It's just the way things work there. Y aceptar que esa es la cultura y tú estás entre esta cultura y es la forma en que tú tienes que vivir. You have to accept that that's the way the culture is and and you have to accept them and love them and 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 that's the way you wow. have to live. Yeah. yeah. So so one one of the things we learned is that that uh, there are some uh, uh, universal values and and I I'm like in this in this time living with them I made the connection with the fruit of the spirit. Okay. Yeah. You know, to, to, to the, um, I, I don't know if I can tell them in English now, but, but you know, it's right. Like, it's yeah. Love, love, faith, yeah. peace, yeah. And, and joy. And joy. Yeah. Right. So despite the culture is that way, we didn't stop saying thank you. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. the fruit of the spirit is kindness. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. so we would say thank you to them, and they would start say thank you to mm-hmm. thank you to us. So you're in, you're impacting the culture. Suddenly, you're changing the culture exactly. by the fruit of the spirit. That's right. That's right. We we don't have to expect that from them, but mm-hmm. but us to give that to them. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And in the physical. Area, you know, we we live in a place with power. Yeah. Thanks God, we have electricity. Electricity. Yes, okay. but we don't have a, a water system. Uh huh. We have to install a rainwater uh, capture, capture rainwater. Yeah, exactly. Right. We we yeah. capture rainwater. We don't have a cell phone, landline, internet. So we have to drive for 30, 40 minutes to have cell phone signal. Uh huh. We are in a kind of isolated area. Uh, we deal with snakes, scorpions, yeah. spiders, yeah. Uh, all kinds of creatures. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah, I, where I grew up in remote area, not 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 that bad. We had <laughs> water. <laughs> we had electricity, also water, and you know other things like that. It was in, in the states. Obviously, nothing is is too remote there. You know. Not so remote, not like that, but uh, the idea that people don't have services, people don't understand really what's that like. So what is that like? I mean, you guys (laughs) don't have running water. No. No. No sewage. No sewage. (laughs) So... (laughs) Dígame, más. Tell me more, but... Uh, bueno, yeah. hemos aprendido a ahorrar bastante el agua, a reutilizarla y a bañarnos de vez en cuando. We have learned to give water a very good use, to reuse it, yeah. and to take uh, ev- eventual showers. <laughs> to, to take shower eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Come on, that's cool. That's yeah, funny. It is cool. Well, but, well, yeah. but it's probably not cool or funny when it's, you're having to do it, right? <laughs> it's cool and funny to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, we knew, uh, since we visited the area uh, for a couple of years before moving in, mm-hmm. we knew that the, the first thing we would have to, to address was water. Yeah. So when we arrived, we had the system already installed. Yeah. And, uh, and then it, we increased it to a, a big system. We, we, now we have like a 5,000-gallon uh-huh. uh, uh, cistern, maybe, uh-huh. maybe more. Yeah, Maybe I'm doing really big on. gallon, really a really, lot of big cistern. Yeah, yeah, thousands of gallons. You store it. We store the water. 
It rains. Uh, we have good rains about twice a year. Okay. Uh, the, I mean, there are some dry years, but but we usually fill up the cistern with one good uh, rainy night. You know, wow. that's it. So it, it really rains. When it, it rains, rains, it really rains. Exactly. And, and we have all our roof connected to the system. So, okay. so we, we have You catch all the water mm -hmm. from your roof. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pero una de las cosas que realmente me gusta es que puedo tener el tiempo para pasar eh, tiempo de calidad con mi familia, con la gente, que no estoy distraída con un teléfono celular. Este, y puedo tener ese, ese contacto directo con la gente, con mi familia. Este. One, of, one of the things I like about this isolation is that uh, I'm not distracted with a cell phone, with internet, so I, I can spend quality time with my family, with the people. I can yeah. really connect with them personally, and, wow. and that, that's a very good advantage. Wow, absolutely, yeah. I think for much of the... The world these days, you know, we're living from distraction to distraction. You know, it's just one distraction that interrupts another one that was interrupted by the one before that. And so I could see the value of just really, you, you have an opportunity there that, you know, it's not common, I think, in our times. Mm -hmm. um, plus the downsides, <laughs> you know, <or> the, <laughs> yeah. the challenges. There are challenges, I'm sure you know, staying in communication. You guys drive out. How You often, you go to town once, once every so, once a week. You go to town, you catch up on communication. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need to send some communication or receive some and reply, whatever like that. And I, you go to a town called Rayon. That's right. Rayon. Rayon. Yeah, Rayon. Okay, I thought so. And that's, that's, again, pretty close. It's also in the same state you guys are in. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's let's shift gears here. I want to find out a couple of things. What are the things you guys are thinking about that's in front of you? You've been there 10 years. You got through the culture shock. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise You've the Lord. been treating patients and sharing the gospel. You've been teaching the Bible and, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. You've been demonstrating. What are you looking for in the next season? What are you hoping for in the next season? And how can those listening agree with you in prayer for those next steps, what what can we do? Thank you. I would have to go back a little bit mm -hmm. when we moved in, and this is I think this is something very common in every indigenous group in, mm -hmm. in uh, probably in the world. Yeah, but I, I, I that can, you know of, yeah, for sure. I, I can t I can speak only for Mexican indigenous groups. They depend on foreigners yeah. for development. Okay, and that includes the church. Yeah. So one one of the things we noticed is that they when we moved in the pastors and the Christians were expecting us to do everything. Yeah. So the first 5 years I think it was like that. We we trying to connect to the core of the culture mm -hmm. and trying to take them uh, after connecting with them trying to take them to ownership. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's been happening so we've been teaching, we've been, we've been evangelizing, we've been, uh, as you said, treating the sick, and we've been playing worship. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bad musician, but I'm a, a musician. 
<laughs> wow. So it's, uh, you got to be bad at something. You're a doctor, you speak several languages, <laughs> and you're easy to get along with. You've got to be a bad musician, or it wouldn't be fair, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Thank you very much. Uh, now, so, so anyways, the first five years were to help them take ownership of what God has for them in store. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we we always believed that we weren't there forever. Yeah, we, we we weren't meant to be there forever. Right. Uh, we always believed that we weren't there to impose mm-hmm. our vision, mm-hmm. but yet to pray with them mm-hmm. and receive along them the mm-hmm. vision from God. Yes, for yes. them, so they yeah. can th- so they can achieve. What God uh, has for them, yeah. That, yeah. that 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 has been always our mission there. Right. So so the first five years were very hard, were dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. You know, like like no harvest, no fruit, no like like nothing. Very nothing. Hard plowing, we call it. Oh yeah. Hard plowing. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the second half, you know, this last five years. Everything started to make sense and things start to, to get together. So we have a worship band, okay. a, a native worship band. Native worship the, band. The first one in their history. Wow. Uh, pastors are teaching now. We are developing a program with bio, oral Bible stories. Okay. To, so they can reach their people more than with a translation. Right. With their experience. Right. Uh, yes. When when they read the, the Bible, what they understand from the stories, and now they can share that mm-hmm. in a more personal level. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, we, my wife, Carla, trained uh, some young girls that currently are teaching the children in Sunday school. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so now, now, like, like uh, we are uh, seeing this this fruit. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the little butts. Right. You know. But you know there's roots under there mm-hmm. if you start yes. to see the fruit, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Wow. wow. So we, we are we're seeing young people taking ownership, like the worship band. They are two young men with Pastor Francisco and I, the, the ones who are part of the... The group? Of the group, of yeah. the band. Mm-hmm. But they, they would go get some internet watch some YouTube videos mm. and, and just, you know, they, they are looking to, um, they are training themselves. That's right, what I mean. Right, they are yeah. learning themselves. They yeah. want to, to be better. They want to, to learn new songs. They want to, to do better songs. They want to do better music. Mm. So that's, it's very interesting. Uh, Pastor Francisco and Pastor Calixto are studying, are learning and prepare, are preparing their sermons. Mm-hmm. Are, are, they are visiting other villages, uh, you know? Yeah. So, so what we see for the future and what we pray for the future is that we can move out. <laughs> Yeah. Basically. So and we, the work continues. And right? the work continues. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So we want to see the next generation, mm-hmm. perhaps one of those uh, young men from the worship band to yeah. be, to become a preacher. Yeah. A teacher. The girls as well. The girls that Carla trained as well to be to be able to preach and teach mm-hmm. to adults, not mm-hmm. only children. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are praying for a doctor because I think that's the only area. That's that's going to be a challenge mm-hmm. when we leave. Yeah, because they don't have access 
to university. Right. So we are praying for a missionary doctor to oh. come and, and, and just take over the clinic. And I'm sure he or she will do a great job because we don't mean to, bo to boast, boast, to yeah. boast but, but we kind of opened the way. Yeah. So the, the, if God sends someone there, uh, he or she will have a, a set-up clinic, yeah. a set-up house, yeah. and a set-up church. Right. So, wow. so yeah, you guys pioneered that, that work. You put things in place that were, didn't exist before you. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, we were walking across the field here the other day. It was freshly plowed field. And so the dirt was deep, right? Yeah. We were coming back from the mountain. And the person behind, the first one, would be careful to step in the footprint of the other guy. And for every person that stepped in the footprint, the travel got easier, less exertion, right? So that's what you did. You put down some footprints there for other people to more easily walk in. That's uh, not easy work. <laughs> uh, but it, ma it makes the way. It makes the way for others. So... With some parting comments here, I want to make sure and get anything else you want to say. But after, we want to make sure also to let someone know how to get in touch with you for that when you come in once a week to get the Internet. <laughs> yeah. We want to have some messages there or be in communication. If someone wants to reach you, anything else you want to share or Carla wants to share? And then, then how can we be in touch if someone, if that doctor, he or she is listening and they want to get in touch. We want to make sure to include that. Sure. Yeah. Anything else, Carla? You have something? Pues solo animar a todos aquellos que quisieran o que tienen un llamado, que tienen esa, ese deseo en su corazón de servir al Señor. Just to, to I just want to encourage all those ha, that have uh, a calling from the Lord to serve Him or a passion to serve the Lord. Que sigan con esa pasión, porque el Señor respalda el llamado. Please, please keep on, because the Lord always back up those who, who obey them. Cuando nosotros empezamos apenas a, a que fuera real este llamado, hubo eh, cosas, personas, eh, amigos o familia que trataban de distraernos de esto, pero sin duda eh, tomar esta decisión es el mejor camino que uno puede tomar cuando tiene el llamado. When we made the decision to follow this path to go as missionaries, there were a lot of things that would distract us or try to distract mm -hmm. us, including people, mm -hmm. uh, loved people like like friends and families. But we es un honor poder servir al Señor. But we decided we 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 were firm in in our decision to serve the Lord, and it's an honor to serve the Lord, and He always backs you up. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. Gracias, gracias. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, that's something as well. I would like to encourage those who are willing to serve the Lord in missions. I can't stop thinking of the Apostle Paul, mm. and uh, sometimes we measure success with how easy things are. Yeah, you know, and how yeah. how how fast or how big things things become yeah so we i don't know we are praying for a job and then all of i mean we we are hired and we say oh that was from the lord amen right, right. but you know what not not it's not like that every time sometimes yeah. the lord allows us to go through th 
through desert, yeah. through through uh, hard experiences, and even apparent defeat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, that's only a training. Yeah, and and we we must maintain assured in his calling. Yes, as the Apostle Paul, he he went through mm. big things. You know. Yeah, he he was beaten to death, and yeah. he 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 could have say. Oh, you know what? This this calling was not from the Lord because I'm almost died. So I, yeah. I think I was wrong. But but you know yeah. what? Uh, and th those are part of ministry. Uh, yeah. th that that's part of ministry too. Yeah. To deal with those things and and to keep yourself certain that God called you and He will take you through. He's going to take you through yeah. apparent defeat and to the other side. Right. Uh -huh. Continuing on. Right. The guy who doesn't stop can't be defeated, you know, right. and that takes grace from God, right? It takes grace I mean, from it, God. We expend our entire selves and all of the grace that we receive to continue on and for his glory, mm -hmm. right? Amen. Thank Amen. you guys for that. Very encouraging. Uh -huh. Very encouraging. How can we be in touch with you? Yes. So we basically use Facebook. Okay. Uh, and email. Okay. Uh, our, my Facebook is Luis Hurtado. With an H, yeah. like L-U-I-S, uh -huh. Luis, H-U-R-T-A-D-O. Okay. 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 Luis Hurtado. And, and you'll see a very ugly man <laughs> holding a very beautiful <laughs> woman. The mysteries of God. <laughs> exactly. It, right? yeah. How does this happen, Lord? Okay. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. no, no. You, you'll know. We, yeah. we have pictures of yeah. our ministry there. Yeah. And uh, my wife is on Facebook as... Carla Villaseñor. Carla with K. Yeah. <laughs> Villaseñor. Villaseñor. That's yeah. one name, right? Villaseñor? Yes, one just... V-I-L-L-A-S-S. E Anya. Anya. We're not talking about an N, folks. We're talking about an Anya. Uh -huh. It's the one with a little curve over the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. That's yes. right. Yes. So don't get that wrong. You get the wrong person, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, my email is luarguar at hotmail.com. It's L U A R W A R. Okay. At hotmail.com. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for taking some time here. As I said, it's been a joy to meet you and be with you guys. And I don't get a chance to talk worldview with just anyone. It doesn't happen that often. But it, how refreshing that was, the conversation we had. Oh, yeah. I'm, something tells me we could talk about that more. Yeah. <laughs> and we should. We should. Next we time, should. worldview episode. <laughs> no, blessings to you guys. And thanks again for being here. And we'll, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you again. Amen. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Missions Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. 
If you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their forefront missions, experience, or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.